Welcome to On Marketing, a show where we explore marketing's first principles, mental models, and personally my favorite, contrarian takes. This is a space where thinking differently about marketing isn't just encouraged, it's a rule. My aim is to not tell you what to think about marketing, but to assist you in how you think about marketing and life. It's September 8th, 2023. I'm Jordan Ogren, a marketing strategist by day and a podcast host by night, always keen to uncover new insights about marketing. Today, I spoke with Tom Winter, a seasoned SaaS founder and the chief growth officer at SEO Wind. With his extensive experience in scaling companies globally and his unique blend of technical and analytical skills paired with a creative marketing mindset, Tom brought a fresh and impactful approach to growth marketing that I really took a lot from. In our discussion, we covered various topics, including the crucial role of marketing in a company and how you should align that with the company objectives, the intersection of AI and marketing, especially how AI can help you, not replace you, the future of SEO and content marketing with AI on the horizon, the concept of pricing as a powerful yet overlooked aspect of marketing strategy, and finally, the importance of understanding and defining search intent for effective SEO and content creation. Ready to get in? Before we do, make sure to subscribe to my newsletter where I send out new episodes every Friday along with insights and other learnings that I'm gaining by reading and listening to other great marketing thinkers. The the link to join this is in the first uh, line of the show notes. So make sure to click that and sign up. And reminder that if you're watching this on YouTube, you can listen as a podcast. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can also go to YouTube and watch. Whatever is best for you, please indulge. And finally, opinions shared in this podcast are those of the individual views of the host and the guests, not representing their employers or associated organizations. The content is intended for informational purposes and should not be considered professional marketing guidance. Listeners should act on the information at their own risk. See you on the other side. What is marketing? What job should marketing get done in a company? So basically, like I'm, I'm an OKR guy. Like so, like I need obstacles that everybody have to go and deliver. So, like in my opinion, marketing should work with the whole company. So, and the main North Star metric, like it's always the money. So, marketing should have an input in like driving revenue. If they think that they don't have an input in that, they are just bringing leads and nothing about like nothing else. Like that's wrong. So in my opinion, marketing is helping to bring revenue into the company. They have like really high impact in that. And this is, they have to realize that it's not about bringing Hmm. leads. It's not about like posting content. It's not about like posting ads. Like it has to drive revenue. This is it. Hmm. So in your definition, that's a contingent. It has to have that revenue increasing or at least focus on revenue piece in marketing. Or something that is an OKR for the company. So like kind of a North Star metric. Uh, like because it has to have impact on what the company does. Like apart from, of course, like helping with product, services, pricing, uh, promotion, like like the whole 4P, right? But the end goal for like, let's say for the 4P, it has to be something measurable uh, that everybody can touch. And that moves the company forward. Like so many times I'm talking to marketers and I'm asking them like, okay, so how what you do impacts the company? And they can't answer, which is like, you don't know like what you're doing. Like, so basically what's the goal of the things that you're doing? So like, if you can't define it, like how do you define what do you want to work on? Because that's 
also impossible. So like, I really like to measure things because in my opinion, data like speaks. Like if, if something tells me that I'm closer to my goal, that helps me to define things, how I can work with uh, marketing, what kind of things I should do, where should I amplify like the, my efforts and how to drive more uh, results. So basically, and most of the results that companies count on is unfortunately revenue. So it's money. Everything comes to money. <laughs> the world is uh, turned by money. Totally get that. What What do you think or what would you say to someone? Because I wanted to ask the question of like, who should be driving this kind of making marketing focus on revenue, quote unquote, like, is it sometimes that, you know, senior management doesn't give enough clarity into vision, into strategic uh, competitive advantage, all that stuff that a marketer is just to your point, standing there like, I'm creating content, don't know what this is doing, but my job is creating content. Like, what would you say to the marketer, regardless of external forces, like how can they get better at focusing on driving revenue or to your point, finding those key metrics within an organization and actually driving improvements to those? So first of all, like define the metric, you can do it in various ways. Like you can actually define it on your own. If your company doesn't have OKRs or KPIs, whatever metric that they do, if you don't know what's your metric, ask your superior, like it's e easier, easiest way to, to do, like just ask, like, what is the focus? Like, and each time when you're having a task, ask yourself or your superior, what is the impact of what I'm doing on the KPI or an OKR like that we have? Like, so if there is a answer is like none. So the question, the next question is why should I do it? Like if there is no reason behind a task, like to help to reach a specific goal, like it makes no sense. And so many times I've seen in companies, uh, like tasks that are like done. I don't know for what reason, because somebody like slept and like dreamt about something and they thought like, okay, that's a cool thing. Everybody should like actually <laughs> start doing this and we should like, uh, postpone all other tasks because that will change our world. Like, so the question is, will it help us in reaching the goal? And the next question is like, how will I know if I succeeded? So like, and I like to have a hypothesis every single time before I actually start doing a task because I want to know if I will succeed or not, like in let's say two months. So how, what's the definition of success for this specific project? So many, also, so many people don't know if like they succeeded or not, like in two months, they started a project, like they started like, let's say con content marketing campaign, like they are in two months and they don't know if it's a success or not. Like if you don't have a definition of success in the beginning, the problem is that like in two months, you would justify the hell out of it. Like we're humans. Like we want to believe that what we do is like excellent. So if we don't have a definition of success, we will make a definition of success that will justify all the tasks that we did in the past two months. Seen it so many times, seen it like I've done it so many times. That's why I try to push myself even to give myself like a target, how I will define like that I actually reach the target. And then in two months, let's say, it's easier for me to say, to, to identify if it was success or if it wasn't success, because I know what I wanted to achieve. Hmm. 
Yeah, so essentially really good points, really good questions, but there's just this level of intentionality or meaningfulness that you should bring to your job as a marketer. So even if someone isn't telling you, you're curious, you're trying to investigate, okay, what's the reason we're doing this? And to your point, I think it's super critical having a hypothesis, thinking like a scientist, because any point in three months, you could find a data piece that if you didn't do that, to your point can say, let's keep doing it, where if you had a hypothesis, this will raise X uh, homepage, you know, whatever, then you exactly. can really kind of know this isn't working or it is. And I made a hypothesis months before. So that's super important. That and doesn't like, get done enough. Let's not be afraid of being like wrong. Like I love to be wrong. Like I really love to, because every single time that I'm wrong, I'm learning something from that. Like I try not to be like afraid of that. The problem is sometimes like superior when you're wrong, like they will say like, oh, you were wrong again. Like, no, like I've just tested out some theory. It didn't work. Now, like I'm stronger, I'm better, I'm faster. Like I can actually like do more things because I know that was wrong. Like, so people have to understand that. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Having a somewhat positive relationship with failure, with kind of not having the answers with being wrong is I think critical to doing effective marketing because at least from my vantage point in finance or in decision-making, a lot of times we can result. So essentially we'll say if it was a good result, then it was a good decision-making process, but really the decision-making process is isolated from the outcome. And I think what you're saying is, is that you could have a great process, but it's okay to be wrong because then you're taking a step forward because the process keeps getting reflected find with the outcome. So exactly. I think that's su super important. And one note that I've used, and, and maybe one of the two to three listeners may kind of have this framework. I got it from Seth Godin, but it's like design thinking questions. And it's who is it for? What is it for? And how will I know if it's working? So if you can't answer those three questions, exactly. for project, anything. So I think that aligns very much so with what you just the questions you had and the things you were saying, which is important exactly. for marketers. Awesome. So kind of getting uh, eventually closer to maybe the, the core competence of what you do, I wanted to ask another kind of broad question of, is there a marketing belief you have that you find, maybe people don't combat it, but it's just not, it's not something everybody's either seen or agreeing with. Do you have any current marketing beliefs that other people just aren't appreciating enough? Does anything come to mind for you? So like, first of all, like, uh, like from my experience, like I've been a founder for years, like I'm a half a developer, half a marketer, half a sales guy. Like, so basically wearing a lot of hats, uh, I had a sales team under me, like, uh, I'm CTO-ish sometimes. So like I work with product, but the thing that I really like found and like developed like around things around it is like connected to pricing. I'll be honest, like in my opinion, pricing is the easiest and most impactful thing in marketing that most of the people are afraid to touch. Like they're really afraid. Like, and because if they often feel that if you raise the price uh, at some point, uh, you will churn out customers as an example. And they often think like, okay, I can't change the price too often. Let's say like, for example, every SaaS tool should look at the price, in my opinion, at least once per year. That's in my opinion. But in pricing, there's so many things that uh, can impact the, the whole revenue and how you can impact. And from data perspective, most of the changes in pricing are good. Like, so we shouldn't be afraid of that. And I have like a term that I use every single time. I'm in love in SaaS products. Uh, I've been developing SaaS products for the last decade. And like, I use it every single time. So basically it, 
it's like it, it sounds like this. Pricing should encourage abuse instead of limiting the usage. And you have to think about your pricing like using this term. And it's kind of controversial, like because abuse is controversial, like that you should encourage abuse. You should, because like if your pricing is limiting the usage of the user, that means they will not get enough value. Like they have to at least feel that they're getting more and more value, that they can abuse you. I'm not saying like you should give away everything for free. It's not, it's not saying that. They should feel that the more they use it and they're not limiting with the usage, like the more value they get. And at the same time, if you like chain the pricing model into the more value they get, the more money you get, like it really works the wonders. So like don't limit your users, let them use the tool, feel the value as much as possible, encourage even abuse. But this way, uh, that works really wonders. Hmm. That's good. I mean, first off, I think it's silly that words can hold so much weight, but I agree. Abuse is, is kind of this word that has negative connotations, but to your point, I think there's a really good strategy or a really good framework of how to think about it. Cause as you were talking, one thing it's like, if you don't, if the, if that customer can't get enough kind of progress thinking in jobs to be done, they're not going to wait till, you know, they can upgrade or they're not going to upgrade. They're just going to find a tool that can bring them progress. So if you're not giving them enough, then, you know, if you're constantly kind of to your point, constricting or limiting, then it usually won't result in a positive outcome, at least from my experience with a user of SaaS tools, whether that be like Grammarly yeah. or anything like that. Um, so I really like that. And I think to your point, pricing is something that is a huge lever but it's also something that goes back to maybe the hypothesis and kind of you have to be a little bit try to strive towards objectiveness first. A lot of times maybe pricing is more subjective. It's like, I just think that should be the way or they mm -hmm. haven't even. I know there's this framework of going like, you know, what, what's this f highest point you'll pay? When do you think it's like yeah, yeah. a huge like and you start to build like anything that you can do, I think, to get more objective around pricing to your point can really drive benefits for a business. So I really like that. Point. And I haven't heard of heard anybody on my podcast bring that up as like a, a belief or, or a thought. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's really cool. All right. Now I want to get into kind of not the reason you're here, but the reason you're here is to learn from you in your area of comp competence. So jumping into SEO, AI, all of this stuff, which your current tool uh, clearly kind of plays in that space. But just focusing on SEO, what will stay the same or what won't change in the next five years? Everything seems like it's changing with AI coming into the picture or whatever. And we, we'll get to that. But what's the same? What will be the same in 2028? Yeah, 2028. What will be the same for SEO? So first of all, in my opinion, Google hasn't changed the approach since the beginning. Like basically it's the same approach. Like they want the only thing. They want the best value for the end user like it it's been like that for the last 20 something years like they just want to bring the best answer to the question that the person asks what's changed is that they're become a better referee so basically they can spot more uh black hat seo tactics uh and you actually have to deliver the value so what i feel uh, will not change is Google driving uh, in a way like trying to bring 
best possible answers, like no scams. They will remove scams from the internet uh, if possible. They will use AI for that. It doesn't matter if like the content that we will build in SEO is AI driven or uh, human driven. It really doesn't matter. Like it has to be helpful. And this is something that I believe will not change. Like if we will create helpful content uh, that answers the question that people have, that nails the search intent, we will bring organic traffic. Hmm. No, I like that kind of just focusing on the past. What was it even created for bringing those answers and, and how, you know, that changes. What do you think with the ways that we're using SEO is changing in the sense I've heard some people coin TikTok as, you know, a new kind of SEO because people will search, you know, uh, home renos or whatever, and then they get these videos. How do you think about where SEO search is maybe not SEO, but search is evolving too. So now talking more about what's changing in the realm of just search. What are your thoughts on that? So definitely the biggest impact on search will be AI. And there will be a lot of like Google will try to add more non-click uh, searches. Non-click searches means like they will try to answer like straight into Google, in Google. Like, so the person will not leave Google. But at the same time, the problem that they have, like, and I wouldn't like to be on their place, I'll be honest. Uh, is that they need people to produce content because AI can't produce new type of content, like new information. And that's a big problem. It can, but not at the level that humans do. So they will still need people to create content. They can't go solo like and remove all the content producers from Google just to change the search engine into answer engine or whatever. Uh, so this is the trend, but like, I think we have to still create helpful content to be able to drive traffic to our website, but we definitely will see more answers in Google. Already we can see, for example, there was like a, a typical way of driving traffic from SEO perspective, use FAQ questions and to use schema markup for FAQ questions. Basically right now, Google cut it off. Like basically, there's no organic traffic uh, when it comes to FAQ questions and people also ask in Google. So like these short answers will be in Google, like, but like longer ones, uh, probably uh, it will still be outside of Google. So they will drive traffic there. So what are the implications for, obviously you're in that SaaS space, but even just broader for marketers, what are the implications with what you just said? is coming or the future what what like how do we create different content do we do anything different do we not do faqs like what are the implications from what you just shared? Uh, i would still use schema markup like and i would use like faq questions as like because that help like that helps to create helpful content because we have to create comprehensive output uh it can be longer it like it, the, the the content that we give in like that we write in content marketing is longer and longer but it's more comprehensive. It basically answers the whole question, not only the question that the person asked at the moment in Google, but it goes like a lot, uh, like it gives a lot more information on, on this specific topic. Uh, the implication, like there are bigger implications from PPC. So like from paid marketing, uh, because I think Google will turn into Amazon. So they will have like from like, the marketing campaigns and e-commerce like that pays for marketing ads. I think e-commerce website, they can like in few years, 
you can remove them from the internet because the whole process of sales will be in Google. So Google will not send anybody to any website because they already can scrape all the data from their e-commerce web e-commerce website, like about how much, how many shoes do you have, like of this specific thing. Uh, so it will become a marketplace like Amazon, like when it comes to sales. So you will, because also like from AI perspective, Google will also add AI to help you out as your concierge, kind of. Like if you're looking for specific shoes, running shoes, let's say. Like I'm looking for best running shoes for marathon that are in the price range between $200 and $300. And Google will basically give you like directly an option to buy certain things. And they will end the process, buying process in Google. So like from e-commerce perspective, this is the change that will happen. Like that's my opinion in two years, maybe they're already working on that. So e-commerce websites, that will be something that will change. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be a consistent is that a lot of things will be changed. I mean, just listening to you kind of give this Amazon compare it, that was something I haven't thought of yet, but totally makes sense. And the fact that Google has all this, so why send to this e-commerce site and not just list 10 options or list a few options within, yeah, that makes. That, that's also connect, connected to the trends in like, for example, EU, like GDPR, like, because the problem with cookies right now, if you know, like. It's hard, like they can't track cookies between websites. And if Google is sending a person to an e-commerce, they lose contact with this person. This is a problem. So keeping the person within one domain lets them track and train the model if this person bought or not. Like, so it's basically, it's based on profiling people, right? If you know the whole customer journey, like, it's easier to predict what you will do next. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know I'm not too much into the cookies, but I know there have been some changes and I get a lot of like my apps asking to track and I never allow it. So yeah, that that definitely is changing and would make Google make it may make possible decisions to kind of have this more of this Amazon ask for search. That's a, that's a very interesting thought. So kind of playing in this arena of what's changing and in where kind of SEO and stuff is going. How do you see the marriage of AI and SEO or just AI and content marketing if you want to go more from a high level, but how do you see that where it's currently at and where it's currently going. And then obviously implications for marketers in that. So in my opinion, the, the implications are huge from AI. Like from like I treat AI as a teammate. Like for me, it's a person that I work with. The, the, the most important part is always happy to help me out. So like normal teammate in my team can sometimes say like, no, dude, like I don't have time right now. Uh, I have something else to do. With AI, like the, the fun part is like, it's always happy to help me out. It's like kind of a puppy like that run, runs around and always like, it, it's fun to talk, right? And yeah, yeah. I can see there are like huge implications in that because like we have to realize that AI is in some cases, like in some things better than we are. Like I have a term for that, like that the whole marketing and it, it doesn't go with only marketing sales, marketing product, like so development. Like we, uh, I, I've developed something that I call cyborg methods. So basically we are all going to be cyborgs. Like we're, we're working directly with AI. Like we have to realize that we have superpowers as humans. 
AI has different superpowers. The combination of us two works wonders because one plus one equals more than two. Uh, and if we realize how to use AI, like we can excel. There was a term like in the last few years, uh, it was uh, 10x developer. Right now with AI, you can be 10x anybody. 10x marketer, 10x sales guy, doesn't matter. And if we think that AI will not take at least 50% of the jobs that we're currently doing on a daily basis, that's really naive. Like, so there will be new things to do, but we have to realize that AI will take all the simple stuff, repetitive stuff from us. Like, uh, don't even try to compete with AI because it's a lot better than all of us. Like I, as I mentioned, like I know that. So for example, if uh, I provide AI with 30 pages of text to go over and drive, get conclusions from that, it can do it in a couple of seconds. I have to spend an hour on that. And I think I will still not do that good of a job compared to what AI will do it in seconds. So we have to understand how AI works. And when doing that, there are like strong implications. And for example, content marketing, like what we know that AI is better with research, like, but we have to, for example, provide it with knowledge. Like AI is not good with identifying search intent and making strategical decisions. It's not good with opinions, for example, like because it, ha it doesn't have the experience we have. We talk to our customers on a daily basis. AI doesn't. AI reads an internet, but it doesn't have the the all the experiences that we have on a daily basis. So like if we can add these skills together and like work with AI directly, I call it co-writing with AI. So basically AI says something, we give our opinion, then AI adds something, then we give our opinion. And like like that we can create really amazing content a lot faster, a lot better uh, than normal humans can do. Um, at a higher ROI, which is the main reason the marketers like should focus on, like just add value to the company. Definitely. Yeah. I think the opening point of what are your company's OKRs, what are they trying to do? I think AI to what you're just saying will help as a marketer drive those key results, those key metrics faster, better, whatever you want to quantify, because I think there's always this argument, will AI make, you know, my work quicker so I can yada yada, or will it make the work actually better? And I think there's obviously arguments for both of those. I think to your point, if you're co-writing, if you're kind of having your co-pilot AI with you and you're developing and saying, hey, can you go find some, like, can you strengthen this argument? Can you find examples to, you know, and then you have to obviously check those examples because AI is great at hallucinating right now. But I think it's still though way quicker than if I went and researched to your point or tried to summarize a huge metric document from a year of social metrics, it's like, why not give me a step further by just having AI create the executive summary or just the main thing? So one thing that you said, I don't agree with, like, so basically your goal, like, don't you like the main thing, like you have to understand, like, and I hope everybody will understand it. Don't use AI like a search engine. Don't ask directly AI for an opinion on something because AI doesn't have access to the search engine. It was trained on a big like amounts of data, uh, basically the internet, but it acts just like a human. So for example, I'll give you an example. So 
I'm like really a coffee guy. Like I'm like nuts about coffee. I can write the best article about coffee there is from top of my head. I can. Because like I drink drip coffee, AeroPress, like all kinds of coffee from different places. I know like a lot about coffee. But the problem is that if I don't do the research, like if I don't go to Google, write, for example, types of coffee, if I don't check what my competition is writing about, I will not nail the search intent because I don't know exactly what are the trends and exactly what people are looking for when, when talking about types of coffee. So I can write this article, but I will not make the best article in the world because I don't know the search intent. And AI is quite the same. Like it has all the knowledge, but it's broad. Like it's, if you just ask a question like, can you write me an article on types of coffee? It will write you an article that is logical but it's not nailing the search intent. It's just like a human that has a lot of knowledge about it, but didn't do the research for this specific project, which is a problem. So like your goal, like as a marketer, in my opinion, is to deliver as much context to AI as possible. If you're writing an email, don't just ask like, write me an email because I need to respond to my boss that I will not be there tomorrow. Add more context about it. Like for example, if you want, in this email to have like, because I have a day at school with my kids, like put it there. It will not read your mind. So add as much context as possible. From my perspective, prompt is 1% ask, 99% context. Deliver all the data into AI that you want it to base the research on. So a lot of people are telling me like, there's a cutoff in data in 2021 in AI what to do about it, like easy, like that's, I don't know why you really care. If you deliver the context, AI will understand it. So you just have to deliver the data that you want it to base on the answer and it will understand. AI can do taxes for you, that's not a problem. The problem is you have to deliver the context about exactly what law it has to look into and how the law looks like. It will do taxes for you and it will really excel with that like it will be amazing but if you don't deliver the content like the context it will not read your mind yeah no i, I definitely agree with that and i think maybe my reference was more to using like web scrapers so you're able to actually put in the address and it's using a plugin to scrape that page to then add more to it and then i would then add to that of saying you know this mm -hmm. or that or just validate it um but i yeah, think yeah. to 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 the point of uh kind of realizing that it will not understand the search intent and, and knowing the limitations. I mean, that's uh, kind of common sense with a hammer. You know, you don't see someone trying to eat cereal with it. We, we quickly understand there's limitations to where this tool can be used. So I think that's helpful to just orientate around. This is not what it's for, but there's many great things that it can be for. And what it's for is taking context, taking all of this. And that's why I'm very fascinated with using text or using transcripts so that it can get all of this context. So to your point, it can't talk to your customers, but it can hear me talk to them and then essentially now have that context of exactly. this is what they So, and, and I think that is making me realize more and more just the importance of documentation in all realms of it, writing down your thoughts, writing down your hypothesis. So then you can essentially eventually, or probably now you can have that co-assistant know everything or have as close to a hundred percent knowledge. So there's, there's as little asymmetry of information as possible between you and your bot, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. That... This is like, this is exactly what I say. Like, so then if you don't go like along, like 
you don't follow that. Like you see all these comments on LinkedIn, like AI content is fluff, it's empty. I agree. Like it's empty. It's like missing the point. Like, because you don't know how to use AI. If you're creating spam using AI or human, it will still be spam, like easy as that. So like, if you don't deliver the context, it will not uh, give you the value. So like you should focus on adding as much context as possible. Hmm. Oh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Do you have any final thoughts before we jump into kind of a uh, rapid fire questions? Do you have any other thoughts on just where AI, where content marketing, anything you think marketers should be thinking about or at least be um, experimenting with or doing right now? So definitely instead of talking about AI, like go and start doing things in AI because I see a lot of people saying like, uh, this prompt doesn't work, but they never, like when I asked them, like, so what did you try actually in ChatGPT? They're like, oh, you know what? Actually two months ago, I saw the page like ChatGPT, I wrote something and it didn't work. Like, so no, like, please test things, like try things, iterate. And the problem is that if the output that you have is not what you expect, it's not ChatGPT's fault. It's yours, it's mine. Basically treat it as like if, it's like an employee. If your employee like acts in a way that you don't want this person to act, that's the problem of the boss, right? So we did some things that drove this person into acting like that. So the same goes with ChatGPT. Like we have to find other ways of asking it for the thing that we actually want. So if ChatGPT will not answer the way that you feel you like, that means like you have to change the approach. If you repeat the same approach again and again that that's basically insanity like if you actually <laughs> want to have a different output right yeah you don't need ai help you need therapy help at that point if you just keep banging Possibly. your head against the wall oh that's don't good. expect not... a different result <laughs> exactly and i think that's really important it's not about you can read and you can even listen to this podcast to gain some starter knowledge but it's really important to try these tools put a little skin in the game so you can try some of these more advanced tools, but just get uh, your hands on it. Because I think to what you're saying, the future marketer will be very competent with AI as their co-pilots. So I think that's a really important skill to think of. Okay, soft skills are important, empathy, yada, yada, but it's like understanding AI will be a critical skill for marketers next year, but definitely but, in multiple years. But to add on that, like actually prompting AI is no different than briefing uh, that we did in marketing for years. Like if you think, for example, for a brief for creating a logo, that's a definition of a prompt. Like exactly you have to tell like what you want, what colors you like, what's the goal, what do you want inside? Like what kind of things you like? Like, so give a couple of other ideas that logos that you like, what is the type? So this is like, if you in marketing, you know how to brief an agency about something that you want from an agency. That's exactly the skill that you need for prompting. This is the same thing. You're briefing an outside person. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you've had some content on, you know, how to do these content briefs for AI to, to do them in ways. So I think if you're interested on that, because I am, I think checking out some of your LinkedIn content and different um, carousels that you have, have talked about some of that. And I think it's really important to think in that same way of like, I've been doing this or I've done this. Why not just think of it of how I do it for an AI versus an agency? 
that's yeah. a, it's a, it's a real uh, tangible takeaway, at least for me. Awesome. All right. So now we're getting into the marketing hot seat. This is a new segment on the show for season two. I'm really excited. So essentially we're going to start with some verse questions, this or that. You're going to choose one. Then we'll get to yes or no's. No, yes. You can add a little bit. And then we'll finally end with <clears throat> just a few open-ended questions that are also a little bit more rapid based. So are you ready to jump into yeah. Shoot. Awesome. Okay. First question, short form, long form content. Long form. Google ads, Facebook ads. Uh, probably Google ads. Like I don't understand Facebook, so. <laughs> Same. SEO or PPC for a new business, which would you have them focus on one or the other? Oh, that's a tough one because like I, I would choose both of them to be honest. Like, but, uh, <laughs> I will go with PPC, even though that my product is like about SEO, <laughs> like I would go because it's a new business. Like I would go with PPC because it will give me answers straight away. Hmm. Guest blogging or creating original content on your website to start original content every single time. Like I would go with original content in-house content creation for SEO or using, um, an outsource agency in-house using AI, like on, like <laughs> you can actually scale it out. Like really, I think it will be much better because you have like uh, special matter experts inside and with AI, like it's basically like an agency. So yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like a both and question there. I love it. Are you more of a fan of text-based only uh, content or do you like multimedia? So a blog that has both text and some videos or different content or do not think that matters? Uh, it does matter like multimedia. So like I would mix up like content curation is the king. Like you can deliver the same thing in so many different ways and it attracts like a different audience. Like, so yeah, multimedia. Evergreen content or jumping on a current or trending topic. Oh, I love so much evergreen content. Like it, <laughs> it works wonders. You do it once and then like it brings you value like for years. Yeah. I would be with you on that trend viral. It's all great, but yeah, the evergreen does seem to long-term win. All right. Now jumping into yes or no is voice. The search is, is voice kind of the SEO of the future. Gary Vaynerchuk was saying that years ago, do you think voice will be the f future of search? Uh, yes, I would go with yes. Like that. Uh, yeah. Can SEO results be achieved in less than three months? Can you get significant ROI in less than three months? Yes, we actually did like using AI, we, we did a 30 day challenge, which was like so much fun. I asked many SEO experts before we did a 30 day challenge where we wanted to post 100 articles within the month. Like, sorry, that I will answer more than yes or no. And I asked so many experts, like what you can achieve in 30 days, like, come on, like you have not limited budget, like what you can achieve uh, in 30 days. And they all answered the same. Like it, the answer was always the same. It depends. So like, basically <laughs> I pushed them like, so how much you can actually gain within 30 days, like 10%, 20%, like what is like 10% maybe. So like what we did, we posted like 116 articles within 30 days and we gained like 77% organic traffic within a month, like, which is amazing. I didn't count on that but you can do a lot of things within 30 days, like even 30 days, which is extreme. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Kind of open the thinking to, to be able to do more by not limiting yourself. I like that. Is link building still a crucial SEO strategy? It is for sure. 
Should every business invest in content marketing? Yes, I think, I think, yeah, I think like you should drive traffic from different sources. So content marketing is one of the sources. Is it necessary to update old blog content regularly? Yes, nobody likes it. And yeah, you should do it. Like everybody hates to get to something that they did like a while back, but that's the easiest way to gain more traffic. Yeah, if you're on social media at all, you've had to have come across somebody who's shared a case study of like, we rebooted this blog post and now the you know traffic's gone to the moon. So I've, I have a, a big fan of the strategy, but the work sometimes can make me not on do it. On social just... media, I saw a case study of a person that posted exactly the same thing four times within 24 hours. Exactly the same thing. And there were different results for every single post. Like one got, I think, 50,000 impressions. One got like, 500 impressions, which is like, really? Like, so there's a different audience. Like every single time there's a different audience. Like, so we It's worth, yeah, putting it back out. All right, final open-ended questions. Name a recent SEO trend that marketers should be leveraging or f at least aware of. AI. <laughs> uh, it's an open-ended, I know, but like basically... <laughs> I think if you're still thinking that like summer holidays are like coming to an end, actually they finished. Like, so if you're <laughs> still thinking AI will not stay with us, you're like very wrong. Like, so start do, doing things with AI, like start trying out things because it can help you out with uh, ROI. Like, so basically it will make your job easier. It will make also you more productive. Like you you'll become a 10x marketer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's a great state to be in. Final question, what is, uh, what is your first step in optimizing kind of SEO or website? Like what is like if someone has never done that or never really thought much, what would be like just the first thing you would say to do focus on with SEO, with kind of uh, website content? So my first step is actually to define the search intent. Like Believe it or not, like you're not right with the search intent from the beginning. Like if you're just checking it like from top of your head, mm -hmm. uh, go into Google, check what are the results in Google, go to every single page and read like, what do they write about your topic? Uh, my favorite example, uh, you can, we can try it right, like now, right now. So what would you like? It's a test. Like that will be fun. What would you say you will find in Google? If you type in independence day, what will be the result? Hmm. Uh, like maybe a sale for independent underwear, like American underwear. I'm not sure. So basically there will be Will Smith all over the place. Like, uh, there's a movie and nothing else. <laughs> right. And this is the oh, search okay. intent. Like, and this is the search intent. We have like, we're humans. We have, uh, ideas on certain keywords. What do they mean? But it doesn't mean that they mean what we think. So if you don't check the search intent, I've seen it so many times that I was so wrong with the search intent and what the keyword means that like I would miss it. Like I would never be in Google because I didn't check what people write. So like use the output of like, so the articles of people that already nailed the search intent because they're in top 10 search results. Check what do they write like and check from that what you are missing in what you write because you can combine, like use them a little bit like puzzles and combine the things together and create something that is comprehensive. That is new because like, it's not like whatever you read 
on their pages because you're combining things together. This is like the, the, the curation part that you do and you will del deliver more value. So I would check that, like if you're nailing the search intent and this is the best way to do it. Hmm. That's a really good uh, kind of first thing to, to everything we've been talking about. It kind of gets you in that thinking mindset. What is that really search intent or kind of thinking about what maybe even our website is built for? Because I think an issue I find is everybody thinks kind of websites are all the same, but a lot of times websites are different and kind of maybe someone just wants to read information and then reach out if it's this larger purchase or maybe someone will buy right there. So I think um, with your content co comment and then also just trying to understand where does our website even fit? Like what are people using it for or what uh, could they be? That's great. All right, now jumping into our final segment, let's go deep. This is gonna be about life, about kind of how you do better marketing through talking about everything but marketing. First question, if you could incept one idea, so there's this movie called Inception, they go into people's minds, they incept an idea, that person wakes up the next day and that idea is their idea. They didn't think that, oh, John incepted it. So what idea are you gonna incept into everybody's mind so then tomorrow they wake up and they believe that idea to be theirs and they act out of it? So I think I talked about it a little bit like uh, earlier. So what I would do, if you use AI, like whenever you use it, don't use it as the search engine. Like this is really, really important. It, the train da training data that it's based on and it was trained is the internet. So it has a lot of context, but no specific context. Why it hallucinates? Because it's like a human. So if I ask you how many Americans drink coffee, you would probably have an answer, more or less. Like... 80, 75%, but it will not be uh, a specific answer. And like AI is the same, like it will not be specific because it's based on the whole training data. So it will take a couple of answers from different studies and combine them kind of together. We call it hallucinations. Like when it comes to humans, it's just like, oh, you know the data, like you're hallucinating. Like it's the same thing. So this is why like don't treat it as a search engine because it will not have an answer straight from a study, it will try to answer with the most probable way. And to help it out, deliver the context. And this is the thing that every single time when you want something from AI, give as much context as possible. So as an example, like to tell you how much context you can give, a lot. Like when we're writing 3000 words article, we're prompting it with about 7000 words. So we're giving like over twice as much content in the prompt when we're taking out like just 3000. Like, so don't mind, don't, don't feel that you will deliver it too much context. Even if you deliver 30 pages of context, that will be far more contextual than the whole internet, which is, which it was trained on. Uh, it will be like nailing the search intent in this case. Uh, really like add context every single time that you're prompting add as much thoughts into it you can do a mind dump like basically you can record yourself then transcribe it then push it into ai then it will at least understand what you want because it's not a mind reader it will not read what you want and if you think that ai will do everything with one click just like you click it and it will do the job for you I have a bad, like really bad information <laughs> for you. You're not needed at the job. Because like the, the whole strength like of humans is add value. Like if you don't have any value to add, you're not needed. Like I remember a talk like 
few years back with one of my salespeople, they said like, uh, they came to me, like he came to me and said like, you know what? Like if we automate this, that, and that, like it will be much better. And like, and it's all like, yeah, you're right. And you will not be needed. <laughs> it, it's exactly the same thing, right? Yeah. So hmm. think of a way to add value to what ChatGPT does. Like be like the cyborg, like use the cyborg method. Think where you can add value. Think where AI can add value. And you have to think about ChatGPT or any other language model. Like from this perspective, when you will actually understand it, that this, this is not a search engine. It's a language model that can evaluate the language and help you out with um, giving you answers based on the input. You will like really massively, it will massively change the quality of the output. So hmm. I like that idea. Yeah, we'd have a lot better AI. We'd work a lot better with AI if everybody woke up with that kind of idea of, of using the context, using as much as I have within my brain to make that output be just better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I enjoy that you tie it to AI. That's that's kind of a uh, spot on and the nose. I always like. be nice to AI. Like, uh, hello, <laughs> like please, thank you. Like a human. It's a teammate, right? It's I like really that. Coming back to what I said, like somebody told me like AI is like an intern. If you ask an intern to bring you coffee, it will bring you coffee, right? Like they will bring you coffee, but you don't know which one they will bring, right? Like it <laughs> will be the your favorite one or just like a most common one or something. AI is like sim similar. You have to give context to the person if you want them to give you a specific result. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Like as that intern, the higher level of specificity, the more likelihood that you get whatever you're looking to get out of that uh, person or in this context, AI. I like that. Now kind of going maybe hopefully away from business AI, what is a value or a belief you think more people should have a focus on? It's just not getting enough focus. So example, I think of a virtue or a value is curiosity. I don't think enough people are curious. I think enough people are uh, just kind of settled with things and they don't ask questions. What is that virtue, value, or belief that you think we as humans should just put some more emphasis on? So basically, I believe that if you're nice, it always comes back. Like, it doesn't matter if it comes back from this person, like it will come back from somebody. So like put people in touch, even if you don't see a value in it. Like if you see that one person needs a skills of a different person, like just put them in touch and help like them out. Because at some point, somebody will help you out. Like it's karma. Like I really believe in that, that more help you, the more helpful you are, the more help like the more things you share with people, the better. And if you, another thing that I believe, if you feel that you have a secret, that like it's the best way of doing certain thing uh, in the world and you don't want to share with anybody because like it's, you, you outperform everybody. This is exactly the thing that you should share with people because it will bring you the biggest value. Like it will bring you the fame, let's say, it will get you the best uh, yeah, audience in front of you. Uh, share things that you don't want to share. Every single time in marketing that you feel that if you share it, you will probably release some kind of a secret sauce that you have, you struck like a gold mine. Like basically, this is exactly the thing that you should share. And if you feel that somebody can repeat it, 
99% no like they will still come to you to, to like for your help because like you shared the most valuable thing with them Hmm. Yeah, if a heart doctor shared their secret about heart surgery, I am not doing heart surgery on somebody, I would still go to them. So totally true. I think the world the business has shifted from this closed uh, source, this kind of you think of uh, some of these uh, guilds or certain things that was really built in them was this code of secrecy that we have the secrets. And that's how we pass them on the Masons and all of those uh, groups of people. But mm -hmm. I think now, with software, we've really changed to this open source that it's uh, the quicker we can open things up so people can build upon them and, and strengthen each other's ideas, just the better it is. So I think the same way with your own business of secrets, it always pays to your point to be helpful by giving those so then karma can come back. So it's kind of merging those two thoughts. And even if you don't believe in karma, it's still just good to share those secrets because to your point, people will still come to you as the expert if they if they need the help exactly. you're probably best position to help with. I like that. What is something, Tom, you do outside of business, outside of AI, outside of SEO, that when you come back to do those things, you're just better, you're more refined. Is there something you do outside of all of that to get better at all of that? So basically, I'm a father of like two beautiful uh, girls, like that is seven and eight. And to be honest, like the more I am with them, the easier for me is to work with people because I can understand them uh, from a different perspective to actually understand the values. Uh, I try to work with my employees the same way. I try to ask them like about how they're feeling about their, like ask them about their emotions. And I want to really understand both my family and my employees, like what are, what's inside? Like, so when I, every single week, like I, I try to, with my employees, I try to ask them about their private stuff. Like, so we start the week with like, what was your weekend? We end the week with what are your plans for the weekend? I want to know like what they're doing. And I'm trying to talk to them as with humans and the same, like I'm, I'm uh, to be honest, like work family teaches me that just to how to cooperate that somebody can have a mood. That's okay. Like, of course, like my children blow up every single week. So like, I have to understand it, that everybody can blow up. Like, and there, there are emotions, like it's not that we're robots. Like, and I think outside of work, spending time with my family to do some sports with them, like do things with them and actually close my laptop. Like don't look at my phone. That helps me <laughs> out a lot. I love that. That's that's an amazing answer. And I think a lot of people find that kind of re recharging, refueling, or just betterment that comes through having a family, having uh, children, or just this altruistic pull of a care for somebody else, um, I think is is really good. Final question, and, and you've likely touched on, on maybe the answer, but um, you can just reiterate it. But what is one thing you hope doesn't change in the next 10 to 15 years? What's with all the change going on? What do you hope us humans stick to and hold on to through those 10 to 15 years that like it will be so much fun to learn new things like i'll be honest like i'm like i i'm not the youngest person like and <laughs> like i feel that i'm learning every single day and it's so much fun to actually learn things uh so as you mentioned somewhere like it would be nice for us to all of us to be curious and want to learn to be a child. Like every single person should be a child inside. Like I feel like a child all the time. 
I want to learn things. I want to learn from others. I want to make mistakes. I want to uh, have fun from what I do. And I hope that will it will stay with us, that everybody will do things that are fun for them. Of course, like when you're working, like there's some things that you don't like. That's normal. But like the whole thing, it should be fun and we should be curious and we should be happy to learn new stuff. And I believe that the future like will give us a lot of things to learn looking at the pace that AI is like moving on. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you. And I think that's a wonderful kind of way to cap this whole episode off is just keep that uh, beginner's mind, keep that curiosity, keep that kind of wonder of well, how could I use this tool versus what I hear a lot of people maybe closer to your age because there's a large age difference, I'm guessing, between us. But I hear a lot of the people on the other side of the age spectrum than me kind of have resistance to it. Well, it won't be able to create, you know, art like I do. It won't be able to write like I do. And it's like, you're probably right, but why not have more of the curiosity learning mindset of like, well, how could I get a little bit better with this tool that will not be going away. Um, so I, I love that kind of bow on top of this really well, uh, well kind of consolidated conversation just around the future, but kind of around what maybe won't be changing. So thank you so much, Tom, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I really learned a lot and appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Jordan. It was uh, so much fun to actually talk to you. Uh, and I hope it will, was fun also for all the people listening. So <laughs> all the people as in the two to three subscribers that I know we got. No, just kidding. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, if you want to check out Tom, I'll have his uh, his information in the show notes. So make sure to check that out if you want to gain more knowledge on this AI SEO and all that stuff. Thank you again, Tom. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs> and this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for making it this far. It really means the world to me that you listened, you viewed for that long. I appreciate it. I hope you got something valuable from the episode. If you did, make sure to hit that thumbs up. Make sure to subscribe so you can get the newest episodes every time delivered right to you. Hit that bell. Whatever they got on whatever platform you're on, make sure you can get that newest episode because that's my goal is to continually bring you new marketing and life advice, guidance, and tips so that we can both be making progress in marketing and life together. That's a goal. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the newsletter, it's in the first line of the show notes. Please click that so you, every Friday you can get the newest episodes, new insights, and new book quotes as I read them. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope to see you again next week or next year or next month or whenever you can tune in again. Thank you for listening.